0: Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. It's Sunday. I'm your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have on the line Mr. Chris Sheridan. What's going on, Chris? Besides you melting to the chair that you're in. <laughs> yeah. Well, fortunately,
1: I had to turn the fan off for the recording, so it's that's it's a little extra warm today. <laughs> so that's, uh, right, nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy.
0: But that's going to touch on a little bit of what what we're talking about today. That's a little. You're you're dealing with a little discipline and a little self sacrifice for the good of the show. Thank you. My yes. Friend. <laughs> that's how that's how we do it around here.
1: So today
0: <laughs> today we are talking about uncertainty we're talking about how the ancient wisdom can help us through uncertain times and then we're going to touch on some themes of leadership as well so it's a pretty broad show but i think you'll see where we're going with this as we go along so give us a chance and we're going to give you some ideas to help you through these uncertain times and look at you know look back to the ancient wisdom and some of the ideas ideals principles etc uh of the ancient philosophers uh esoteric wise men and women of the past ages and so on. So that's what that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Thank you for showing up and listening to the Cosmic Eye Show. We appreciate your support. Thank you for all of our supporters who are are financially donating each month to us. We really appreciate you guys. And if you can, please continue to support us. And if you're if you're not, please start. We'd we'd greatly uh, we'd greatly need that uh, help from you guys. Uh, that is at anchor.fm slash eye if you want to go there. Also, uh, I have a book called If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate, and Chris has a book called The Spirit in the Sky. Uh, Chris's book is at chrisheridan.com or at Amazon. Mine is on cosmiceye.org or at Amazon as well. So all that is aside now, and we can jump into our subject. So let us talk right now about uncertainty. So we'll frame this. I mean, obviously, we don't need to go too deeply into that. When I say the word uncertainty, I think everybody gets the idea of where we're going. But I'll frame it a little bit so you understand the specific uncertainty I guess we're talking about. Um, and jump in anytime you want to, of course, Chris. Um, but the the first idea I have about this uncertainty is that. You know we're in this phase of COVID nineteen, and now you know we, a lot of us have been locked up for most of the you know these past few months and staying in our houses. And then there's the masks thing, and then there's you know businesses are opening, businesses are closing. Who knows what's happening? And now there's a second round of this, et cetera, et cetera. So not to kind of harp on all that stuff, but you know the, the, there's a lot of uncertainty with what is going on. With what leaders are telling people, and of course, part of that has to do with the fact that they don't know how to deal with this because you know the conditions are changing, and they don't really understand the virus, and they don't have a, a solution to that yet, or anything like that. Uh, so, so that's you know that's to be understood. Uh, in addition, you have the uncertainty of you know is school going to start for my kids? What's going on with my job? What's happening in the economy. There's a lot of political unrest. It seems like, you know, this is going on and that's going on. There's all this bad news, you know, and I don't need to know go on and on. I'm not trying to depress anyone, but we know we're in a, a challenging, possibly unprecedented, I don't like using that word, but we're possibly, in, at least in our lifetime, and maybe in an unprecedented situation of change. It's quite possible that we're heading into a period of change That will be quite unlike anything anyone's seen yet, you know, and I'm not being apocalyptic when I say that I'm not saying it's like, Oh, everything's going to crap and we're all going to die. It's nothing like that. But what I'm saying is we're moving into a situation, I think, where things are going to change dramatically, politically, economically, ecologically, socially, physically, how we live and so on. I think there's going to be a great amount of changes going on. That's my, that is my opinion. I may be wrong. You know, I am not Nostradamus by any means. Uh, But I think that there's some of that wrapped up in these feelings of uncertainty. We just kind of don't know where things are headed. We don't know when things are going to quote unquote, start back up. We don't have any kind of dates on anything. And that makes people really uneasy. Human beings are creatures of habit. We like to have our schedules. We like to know when lunch is. We like to know when the holidays are. We like to know when we're going to take summer vacation. It's just part of who we are. We're social creatures, and we we live in hierarchies, and we've been doing this since the dawn of time, and we love structure, even though we try to fight against it all the time. We need it, and we thrive in it. So I think that's part of the uncertainty. You want to frame some more uh, ideas that we talked about a little bit about uncertainty, so we can just kind of get a picture of where we we think we are mm-hmm. and what. And, and so we can offer. And so this is going somewhere. We're not trying to depress you. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is we're 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 framing it so we can start to provide some solutions and help you provide solutions for yourself in your situation, right? So anyway, go ahead.
1: Well, the uncertainty is manyfold, at least twofold, and you know, one is what you've talked about with, and this is July 2020 for uh, reference. If someone's listening at a later date, uh, what we're going through, and it is really the first time on such a global scale, um, things have been uh, this, you know, thrown into a state of uncertainty. Uh, there's the time. How long is this going to take? You know what it's going to be like on the other end. You mentioned the different areas in education, in home life, and social structures, and work, and you know what it means to to have a church or a sporting event or anything like that. Um, there's pretty much you know every way of life is confronted with this challenge, uh, but it's also an opportunity. It is a time of great opportunity. Uh, for change some of it probably much needed change that uh, is long overdue uh, to maybe address some of these things Uh, but so there's that level of uncertainty but there's also this uncertainty on on what am I going to be like you know what does this mean to me not just all this stuff I do in the world but you know how am I going to be changed and that gives a lot of uneasiness with the uncertainty and sometimes a A certain thing even if it's not really all that great um, at least you know what it is Um, and then you can okay well i can deal with that and then you find a way to make it work or subvert some of the rules or be a rebel or whatever you need to do sure Uh, but there's some acceptance of the structure uh, under which we operate and now there seems to be no plan there seems to be no structure yeah. Uh, and that may be worst of all work. Well, Our school's going to start in the fall. Are they not? Well, then how do you educate? Well, can we have a classroom? Well, you can't do kindergarten on Zoom. And, you know, it's just all this. And there's just no plan, though. <laughs> yeah. If It was like, no, yeah. absolutely. We're not going to open up in the fall. You got to homeschool. And here's a slew of resources. And here's how we can interconnect with each other and mm-hmm. find ways to have activities or you know things and then okay well then then that's what it's going to be like Socks, yeah don't want to do it but you know what well we know i'll just exactly. i'll roll with it but the but, but, but we can't roll with it if there's nothing there's no it there's to nothing roll
0: to roll with yeah and that's that that's that uncertainty <coughs> that you're bless you that's that uncertainty that we're talking about that um that is it's almost like you know there's this italian saying i don't know I, I, it's uh i mean it's tri- translated into english but it's the devil that i know is better than the devil that i don't know and i think that's the kind of phase that people are kind exactly. of stuck in do you know what i mean it's like well i didn't really like the world the way it was but at least i got it it kind of oh even sense if you're in
1: mortal danger
0: right you know there yeah. have been
1: many studies and it's proven to be true that children uh in war zones uh and i think some of the, the bigger studies were done in the 90s in uh you know, the, the, uh, you know, the Serbia the and Yugoslavia yes. so, yeah, and the exactly. Balkans. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of that was, uh, you know, in civilian uh, populate areas mm-hmm. and uh, families, you know, huge populations were, were, you know, deeply affected. It wasn't yeah. some battlefield off there somewhere yeah, or out there or over there. Tragic situation. Uh, yeah. But, but what they found uh, overwhelmingly to be consistent is that the children would rather stay with the parent in a house in the neighborhood that's getting bombed every night than they would going off to live with the uncle who lives out in the countryside. That's under no danger of mortar attack. Mm. Uh, because that it wasn't mom and dad. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. you know, that's... that was more disruptive. I would rather be with mom and maybe we can die together. Uh, but I don't want to go to some grandparent. I don't know out yeah. somewhere in Belgium or something, you know, it was sure. Um, you know, so we we do. It's uh, it's crazy uh, in some ways to think, think like that, but it's part of our human structure. In some ways, but I think it's very primal.
0: Don't you think it's very primal? Yeah. It's very human. Oh. It's very archetypal. You know,
1: survival depends on it.
0: Yeah, on some and, level. and so some. T- and that's this is the kind of thing that we're you know that we have to get at, you know, we'll get at later in the show. But also, I mean, I'll touch on it now. You know, these are some of the things that the ancient wisdom had to had to speak on. And, you know, had a much bigger, grander view of life than I think, you know, we might today in the, in the modern slash postmodern world that we inhabit. Uh, ancient people, even up until the medieval times, had a very uh, different viewpoint of the world. First of all, most people saw the universe as, uh, or I should say the planets as revolving around the Earth. So it was, this, you know, an Earth-centric sort of a point of view. And then, of course, God was in charge. And then there was certain, this is in the West, and this is among European and Christian cultures in the West. But, you know, even prior to that, you know, in, in, in you know, in, quote, unquote, pagan cultures or, or, or other types of uh, more traditional cultures, there's always a hierarchy of meaning. There's always a structure. There's always stories that explain who we are and where we're from and where we're going every every people had those things, and there are archetypal things that are similar in them and there are some you know cultural differences and you know and and differences and so on amongst different peoples but there was a there was a fundamental belief in this sort of structure and hierarchy order and purpose to the universe it was pretty anthropocentric in other words it was human centered but it it also but in this but it was sub, subservient to higher forces, subservient to God or the gods. We've flipped that around in our world today. You know, we look at things like we don't, you know, most people don't even necessarily believe in God or the gods. Well, I shouldn't say most people, but many people don't. They're more comfortable with the scientific worldview. Um, there is no meaning, you know, there's a big bang. And then, you know, it's just random evolution that created who we are and and again this is not to make a biological argument or, or talk creationism or what have you it's just to talk about a worldview a worldview that rests on meaning structure hierarchy organization um higher forces working through human beings you know energies that work to to help and hinder us uh that we have to you know fight valiantly against or work you know courageously with to make things happen you, you know it, it there was there was an underlying order and, and and jung talked about that and you know how you know as as these religions and so on these philosophies got replaced that you know human beings sort of lost their way and this happened in the you know at the beginning of sort of um Modern thought it really started happening in the, at the end of the Renaissance and into the Enlightenment, but I mean you really see the sort of apotheosis of it in the modern world, in the industrial age, and today. I mean it's just it's bereft of meaning people's most most people's worldviews. So what happens is then this uncertainty because you have so much reliance on political structures, uh, your own uh, identity, politics, or Um, you know, social structures or economic uh, well-being and and all these different ideas that you forget that, you know, there's an underlying order and meaning to the universe that is dictating life. And whether or not you, you know, you subscribe to a religious view or not, there, there are invisible forces that affect our lives. There are natural orders of things. There's, you know, certain certain concepts that come up over and over again, and we see them at work. You know, we talk about um, cause and effect, and you know, a lot the, and we think about the idea of reincarnation, life, death, and rebirth, and we think about a, a natural order. Or all these different sort of processes that exist. You know, we, we, we now, I guess, one of the things is we've, you know, we've harnessed a lot of these things, so we think, well, we're just you know, one step away from figuring out this, this next invisible, you know, force and mastering it. And it's a very arrogant point of view, you know, and it leaves us lacking mystery, lacking meaning and, and so on. You, you know what I mean? And I think that's one of the things that's got us to this place. And it's one of the things I think we can do. I have all this time on is just kind of re-examine how we're looking at things in times of uncertainty. Would you agree with that? I do. And, Along with that,
1: we're also missing faith. And that is that there yeah. is some belief or trust in the universe being an ordered, purposeful, meaningful existence. And that with that comes greater knowledge, uh, greater power, higher power. Uh, that somehow there is a mystery, a horizon beyond which we can't see right now, but we have this faithful attitude uh, that though the Lord works in mysterious ways, we shall overcome, or this yeah. too shall pass.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or,
1: you know, there's something else in store. I can't see it yet, but um, but I can believe and I can have faith and hope for a brighter future. Uh, that's severely lacking. And by that, I, I don't mean, you know, some superstition uh, or stup- superstitious attitude that, oh, well, just, you know, the gods will take care of everything and I don't have to do anything. And Uh, or some Pollyanna thing, you stick your head in the sand and uh, say everything's okay when when you know full well things aren't okay. This Mm -hmm. is the kind of faith that recognizes things aren't okay. Yeah. And, you know, you pull out from yourself, not just from the great beyond, but you pull out from yourself a capacity to understand, to persevere, to um, quietly um, go about your way. And, well, I can't fight city hall i can't change the government i can't get everybody to do what i want them to do but i can do one thing and i'm going to do that one thing well or i can
0: work on my own family or my own uh house my own household my own self or maybe you can make those changes that you want to city hall or to the government and so on but you really do need to make those changes in your own house and your own you know, life and your own family first. Otherwise, it's quite hypocritical. If you're going out there trying to change the world and you don't, you haven't got a handle on your own issues. And that's what Jung talked about when you're dealing with that shadow material, dealing with your own dark side, before you go try and purge the world of that thing that you yourself are guilty of. You know, and that's one of the things, that's one of the things the ancient wisdom saw very clearly. It's like, you know, and Jesus talked about that, you know the speck in you know the speck in your neighbor's eye and the and the beam in your own eye you know like i'm gonna get your speck out but i've got a beam in my eye so like, get the beam yeah, let me out get that here. out first and then i'll help you <laughs> with your get speck my beam out and then i'll go down and do some delicate work on your speck and it's like we have it you know we're we're not thinking that way anymore and you know that's the that's one of these ideas That the ancient wisdom was really strong and it was the idea of intros, self introspection, you know, meditation, self analysis, looking at how you're navigating in life, how you're treating people, how people are treating you, what you're doing in your family life, the responsibilities, you know, you're shouldering or not shouldering. Am I uh, acting, you know, congruently with the ways that I think? you know, I'm acting in a just way. Am I, am I, you know, free from, from, you know, prejudiced thinking or, or in unclear thinking, you know, at least to the best of my ability, or, you know, am I examining those things about myself and looking at, you know, where I might have deficiencies and, you know, where I'm strong, but also where I'm weak. And I don't think there's enough of that self analysis going on right now at this really uncertain and challenging time that needs to be done when we have all this time on our hands and we are, especially in the United States, you know, we're, we have it, we have it relatively easy compared to a lot of, a lot of other places. We really do. And I'm not making light of anyone's difficulties or whatever here. We all are, you know, we have our cross to bear and all that I understand, But we also have to realize, like, you know, we have a lot of advantages that other people don't have that give us the ability to do things that maybe other people can't do because they're struggling just to get by. They're struggling just to put food on the table. And, you know, most of us here, not all of us, but most of us here are able to do that fairly easily these days. Um, You know, and i you know, I don't know how long that's going to go on, but we, you know, we do have this 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 time on our hands where, where you know, a lot of us are collecting unemployment or, you know, we're getting, you know, we've got a stimulus check and there'll probably be other rounds of, you know, economic stimulus packages and so on. And so, you know, thank thankfully, you know, the United States has the resources to do those things. Some places, you know, they don't have that. They don't have a net at all to fall back into. Um, but you do have to look at you know, at yourself and think about the whole structure of things and kind of like look at, you know, how you're participating in the system and what things you like and don't like about it and, you know, how you want to move forward personally in your life. That's all introspection type stuff. And those are, you know, those are things that the ancient wisdom would have, you know, people do. There'd be exercises for that. Pythagoras had a a nice uh, exercise where you would go, you would, before you went to sleep, you would go through your day and look at the things that you did kind of starting in the morning and then running through all the actions you took during the day and thinking about the things that were constructive and the things that weren't so constructive maybe you had some harsh words for somebody that didn't deserve it and so you you and you made a vow to yourself it wasn't to beat yourself up it was to make a vow to yourself i'll be different tomorrow i'm not going to act like that again you know and, and those are the kinds of things that that fall under the category of discipline and responsibility and dare i say those two words together discipline and responsibility it sounds like an antiquated You know, thing that no one wants to talk about—discipline. What's that? It's like uh, it sounds like something that's going to keep me down, right? You know, we used to, as a culture, we we relished discipline, we relished self-responsibility and self-reliance, and now it's like those things are dirty words almost now, and that's that's going to be problematic moving forward. I I really do think so. Do you do do you think that's true?
1: Definitely. I agree. Discipline, it sounds like a punishment. You will be disciplined. <laughs> you know, I will <laughs> yeah. discipline you. It sounds like yeah. something somebody else does to you. But in actuality, you know, to be a disciple uh, is to be an enthusiast. Uh, there are disciples of rock music or, you know, baseball statistics or, you know, history or whatever you're into. If you study it and you look at the sports papers and look at the scores and see who's getting traded to which team. And, you know, you're a disciple because Mm -hmm. you've decided this is important to you and you dedicate yourself and you devote time and resources uh, to, then you'll talk with other people who like the same kind of a thing. You know, you're a disciple. That's what discipline means. Um, It's not a punishment. It does seem like a bad word and responsibility. Responsibility. It sounds like blame. Nowadays, responsibility really is the ability to respond. But it's it's your response. Well, what is my part in it? What can I do? Uh, yeah, I want to tear down the system and just knock everything out and start all over again and let it burn. Uh, but but what am I responsible for? Mm-hmm. What can mm-hmm. I do to make the world a little bit better? Can I spew a little less hate out on social media? Can I carry you know a, a little bit? you know less you know anger mm-hmm. and remorse and bitterness in my heart uh, wouldn't that improve the world and improve my world and I wouldn't you know radiate with that kind of an attitude for, for yeah. others yeah yeah um you know it's really important to uh to look at these things again I and mean, they have been lost uh, but they're there are things you you do willingly and yeah it takes a little effort um, but you know, if if you're responsible for something, it doesn't mean you're to blame or you're at fault, or it's all your fault. No, your responsibility is what you can do. That's mm-hmm. within your power. If somebody did something else to you, you're not responsible for that, and you may not be to blame for that. But your response, you are responsible for uh, the way in which you react or um, you know process some yeah. of that. Uh, So I think to be a disciple of wisdom and to uh, stake the claim of being responsible for your own part in making yourself, your home life, your community and, and your world a little bit better, that's important to do no matter who's in charge or who's to blame or what the problem is. Those are universal things that really kind of need to happen all the time.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. I think that's one of the ways that, you know, we can be informed by the ancient wisdom is, is kind of taking up that, that personal responsibility again for, for what's, what's ours. And, you know, that's, you know, that kind of dovetails into the idea of, of leadership. You know, a lot of people are uneasy right now and anxious because of, um, you know, they're seeing that the leadership is, is sort of failing them or. You know, there's not a lot of clear uh, leadership out there or they don't like this or that particular brand of leadership. And and that all may be true. Um, You know, there's a lot of things that are are at work that need fixing. So, you know, we have to begin to take responsibility and we have to be more self-reliant if we want to be the type of leaders uh, in the future that, you know, we'd like to we'd like to see leading us. That's, that's the other side of the thing is, you know, we're, if we don't have a clear picture of how we want things to be and where we want to go, you know, then you can't expect anyone else to do the leading in that direction. And and that's the challenge with where we are today. I think you, we see this as a situation where, okay. And this, you know, part of it has to do with the virus. Part of it has to do with the economy tanking. Part of it has to do with a lot of uncertainty about, climate change and about you know where are the economies headed and capitalism and ecological things that are worrying people and should be worrying them um you know and it's all kind of glommed under this whole category of uncertainty so people are trying to kind of they want to go back to business as usual but at the same time i think there's plenty of people that don't really want to go back to business as usual because it's like well business as usual got us to where we are now So then you say to yourself, well, if I'm screwed either way, I don't want to go back to business as usual and I don't have a picture of the future. And the thing is, it's like, this is where, again, the ancient wisdom comes into play. You've got to use this self-discipline and this self-reflection to really look at um, what you're doing in your life. And and here's a good example of that. Oh God bless those dogs, by the way. we haven't heard them in a while. And I think that that's, um, that's unfortunate. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad the dogs are back. Yeah, the dogs are back. Sign. And that's a good sign. Um, but so it's like, one of the things you can do is kind of look at your life and how you're living today. And this comes into that reflection thing, maybe even journal about it and think about the things that are, you're are actually working about this situation You know, you're frustrated because you don't know when you're going to go back to work, but you actually like having more time on your hands and spending more time with your kids. You're, you know, you're frustrated that you can't go out to restaurants and yet you're enjoying cooking and making things at home, you know, and that's, this is the kind of tension, you know, you, you, you want to get back to just buying, you know, prepared meals at the grocery store, but you started this awesome garden in the backyard and you got fresh vegetables now. You know, there's these tensions between these different things. Well, the answer might lie in the fact of the things that are working right now for you. You know, if you're noticing that you like spending more time with your kids, maybe you need a job that allows you more freedom. Or maybe you need to not work and let, you know, your, your partner or spouse work for a while. And, you, you know, you're going to focus on the kids or something. And you're going to, you know, kind of pare down your lifestyle so that you can accommodate that. Or maybe you're going to move in with other family members into a large house. Or maybe you're going to start a co-op uh, situation where you move in with some friends and get a piece of property because you really like that community sense you've developed lately. Or, you know, the, the answers oftentimes are in the problems themselves. You look at the things that are actually kind of working. You know, and if nothing's working, well, then you got to, you know, you got to really do a, a big of makeover on, on, on what's going on then and really think about it. It's like, man, nothing's really working right now. So what do I what do I do? Well, I, first, I mean, you know, go back to that ancient wisdom and, and develop a spiritual relationship with something higher. You know, look to look to look to God, look to the universal mind, look to universal spirit for some answers and, you know, develop that develop that uh, relationship with that higher part of yourself within that is connected to that thing. Look for that. You know, start to investigate that. And how may you do that? Well, you may read the Bible. You may read the New Testament. You may read Bhagavad Gita. You may get involved with, you know, some sort of Native American tradition and shamanism. You know, the path to God is many. Uh, but the, you know, the paths to God are many, but the, you know, the destination is, is one, as has been, has been said, you know, there's many paths up the mountain, but they all lead to the top, you know, you can pick whatever, whatever one you like, um, or, or, you know, create your own. But, you know, this is where the ancient wisdom comes into play, because it's, you know, it's, a, it's one of the exciting things about it is it allows you to investigate many different traditions from a more universal point of view you know, from a universal point of view. And, and certainly, the, you know, the, the, the ancient philosophers in Greece and Rome and so on were open to these different ideas and trying to find the universal structures and things. And they were open to the, mis- the different mysteries. And, and yes, there were, you know, hundreds of different faiths and, and gods and ideas of God and so on. But, you know, one of the sort of golden threads that ran through this was this, you know, this sort of universal mystery tradition which you can see it play itself out if you you go and you look back and you know if you look at kabbalah or you look at pythagorean uh, mathematics and you look at rosicrucianism and you look at mystical christianity you look at you know mystical judaism and then you can kind of you can even look at the mystery religions themselves of greece and rome and you can see how those are similar to the eastern ideas of you know, Vedanta and some of the Hindu ideas and traditions and the yoga philosophy and so on. And you see how that kind of connects to the Taoist theories and then that connects to these indigenous theories. And, you know, there's a thread of this wisdom, a thread of this wisdom. You just have to look for it. See right now. And this, that's an idea that the ancient wisdom propagated, that there's one under, you know, one underlying truth. It has many different faces and many different masks and many different um Ideas, but they're all they all kind of you know connect to this idea of going back to this one, this one universal mind, this one underlying uh, universal spirit, which enlivens all of us, which we all live and move and have our being in, as Paul said. You know, and it's within us and without us at the same time, and that's you know that's a different kind of principle than most people are living by today. That that, that has nothing to do with who's the president. That has nothing to do with you know what these particular you know, social justice, people think that has nothing to do with, you you know what I mean? It goes beyond all that stuff to a, to a universal foundation. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you you know what I'm saying? And that's an important thing to look at and think about Same, How can we, how can we build on our, our, our shared, you know, our shared commonalities? Do you know what I mean? I do. And having, you know, this
1: universal truth, um, doesn't necessarily mean <clears throat> that the individual gets completely lost. No. Oh, and no. That you can actually be a whole individual person with your ideas and they are just as valid as anybody else's. But you, at the same time, you're also part of a universal, like we all live on the same planet. We all breathe the same air. It circulates through the jet stream and... You know, there's one ocean. There's all the, you know, they have all these different names, but really there's one sea level and it, you know, mm-hmm. goes up and down every day twice. Um, you know, we're all made of the same stuff. Uh, okay. There's one race, the human race. Uh, and then there's all these differences that are wonderful and that's great. But the yep. problem with diversity is you get, you know, too sharp of a point, too fine of a detail. and And then you lose this broader, larger, you know, talk about certainty, this universal theme or thread that runs through everyone on this planet, uh, that's as certain as you can get. That's, <laughs> there's some certainty for you. Yeah. You know, and in uncertain times, we, we look to leadership, and um, we find out leadership has failed us, we tear it down. Uh, and the real danger is that somebody can come by and say, or a group can come by and say, look, Things are terrible. This is, you know, bad deal. Uh, I can offer you security. Uh, you have to give up all of your liberty uh, and privacy and everything, um, but you will have certainty, and you can live in this camp, and you can do this, and you can, you know, but you can't do that. Um, and I, my fear is that people will take that because this uncertainty, because we don't have self certainty, if that's a mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. Uh, we're not grounded in ourselves uh, individually, uh, so much that we are so dependent on these systems to either tear us down or build us up or ruin us or save us or whatever we think they're going to do. Uh, so either in a vacuum or in a chaos, um, if we don't have that individual strength and together as a community, we will be prone to adopting some system that's offering that, but it may not be the best thing for us.
0: No, no, exactly. And that's, you know, and that's, it's an interesting point you bring up, you know, and all, we all know, you know, diversity is a fantastic thing biodiversity, cultural diversity, racial diversity, and so on. But diversity has also, like you said, an element of, of unity behind it, holding it together. And if people forget that, then things become very divided and the system itself becomes very weak if there's nothing to hold it together. And so it's fantastic to have all these, you know, these different identities and these different groups to belong to, and these, you know, and even you know, um, things that we we align ourselves with politically and culturally and ethnically and socially and so on. Uh, but if we don't have some sort of fundamental um, ground that we can, that we can meet at, you know, and that being our humanity and then this universal spirit that runs through us, you know, then we're we're apt to just be a bunch of different individuals fighting each other for our, our various points of view instead of recognizing that there's a, there's a unified cause and a unified force behind all of it. And that, and that's, again, that's where the ancient wisdom comes in. If you don't have that view and you haven't worked on, on developing some sort of philosophy to investigate whether or not you think that's true and trying to, you know, find that unity within yourself and and all that amongst, you know, and that's the thing. It's not to say that there isn't diversity. And it's not to say that we want uniformity in the sense that it's like this gray uniform. Everybody does the same thing thing. That's like, it's, it's a paradoxical situation. It's the multiplicity in the unity. It's the diversity in the unity and it's a it's a deep abstract philosophical concept that you have to wrap your head around and realize that at the same time you are unique and at the same time you are indivisibly one you know and that that's it's a challenge it's a, it's a it is a a challenge but this is the thing also in a you know in a in a system in a the, the beauty of the system that we do have even though it's got its problems here in the united states is that, you know, democracy itself is inherently flexible. It's built with a system of checks and balances. It doesn't always work perfectly. But the beauty is, is that it can change and it can grow. You know, some systems are much more brittle. You know, if, if any change is introduced into the system, they just fall apart. Um, you know, in the United States, the challenge with the United States has always been that you have such a diversity of opinions and ideas and languages and cultures and all this, that you needed something to hold it together. And that thing that held it together was the idea of being an American, quote unquote, or the idea of democracy and, you know, freedom. Those were the things that, you know, people came here for. And that's the thing is like, we've forgotten that, you know, there is that even if the system is messed up, it's gummed up, it's, you know, corrupt, et cetera, et cetera, the, the bones of it are good, you know, and we can, you know, we can work with that. And it's the same with ourselves. I mean, within ourselves, you know, we may have gotten off track. We may not, you know, like what, how, where our life is. We may not like how, how we're living these days, but the bones are good. You know, the structure is good. We still have our connection to the, to the infinite and so on. And we have to build on that. And then we have to see, we have to have the vision for something for something different. You know, so if you envision a world that's, you know, like like I do, for example, that's much not even much more, that is sustainable, that, you know, conserves the natural environment, that lives, you know, where people live in a way where they're in balance with the earth and we're not creating you know, all these chemicals that we can't control and pesticides that are making the pests even stronger and, you know, all these different things that we're doing, you know, you can create a world where, you know, you can manufacture things that aren't harmful, that can be completely reused and don't have harmful off-gassing and chemicals. It takes tons of work to do this stuff, though, because it's a completely different way of doing things. It's a new paradigm, as they say you know, a new paradigm of doing things, but there's people that are doing this stuff and people that are actively involved in changing these things. And, you know, that's the thing. In these times where if you don't know what's going on, start doing some investigations and, and start looking into some things like, like look into regenerative agriculture and permaculture, look into manufacturing, like cradle to cradle style manufacturing, look into, you know, different types of spirituality, look into the work of, of Jung and Joseph Campbell and these universal ideas and archetypal ideas and begin investigating some of these things and sort of resurrecting some of these ideas. You know, sustainability, as an example, is really just living like, you know, our ancestors used to live. And that's the ancient wisdom in a lot of ways. You know, they're living closer to the earth. They're, they're using everything that they have multiple times you know they're not taking things for granted and wasting things they're not buying a bunch of things they don't need and storing them in an expensive storage unit down the street that was unheard of did your grandfather or grandmother have a storage unit full of crap (laughs) seriously Mm -hmm. and i ask you that as an honest question the answer is no and everybody's everybody would answer the same thing I, younger kids now would say yes, they do. Because, you know, grandparents now are us, and we store a bunch of crap in storage units. It, if you have to put it in the storage unit, you don't need it. That, that, that's that's the reality of it. And so we're living beyond our means, we're living beyond our needs. And that has to be investigated. We're, we, live, we can't live with a finite an infinite mentality like my, my desires are infinite, but my resources are finite, that you're always going to be disappointed all the time. And that's what Buddhism talks about. You know, if you think you're never going to suffer, you're always going to suffer. If you just prepare yourself for some suffering and knowing that life is challenging, people are going to get sick, people are going to die. There's going to be political upheavals and economic downturns. If you just know that that's sort of a certainty amongst uncertainty as well is realizing that the more things change, you know, the more, they stay the same as the French like to say, but you know, there's a, there's a certainty in knowing there's always going to be change. That's a certainty, you know? Well, there is, and that's what the ancient wisdom does. The
1: the great myths, the fairy tales, the (laughs) wisdom traditions, the scriptural tales, they tell us, they show us through stories and allegory how yeah. to move through these changes, not that they don't exist or that you eradicate no. them, but that they are there and they are real. And not only are they real and you have this instruction how to move through them, you can actually grow as a result. These things become important parts uh, of your development as a, an individual, as a human being, as a global citizen. Yeah. Um, that it that is there, you know, rites of passage and you pass from one stage to the next. And I think collectively, uh, the world, certainly this country, United States, um, is going through this uh, rite of passage where we have to change and we better change and we better change for the better. And we have that opportunity now But you can talk about any kind of social program or budget or medical thing or, uh, you know, military plan or how are you going to fund the police and race relations and a thousand different things. Yeah. Very little will change, and certainly little will change in a positive direction, without a definite change in attitude and the way we look at things. has to be a paradigm change of consciousness. That's what has to shift. We have to look at ourselves and what we're doing and why and what we really want. We don't even know who we are and what we want on a soul level. We think we need to be a certain way or we think we want to be like this or be like that because we're informed through media and maybe what our schools or parents told us. And, you know, and that seems to be the thing, but you can, you can do everything the commercials tell you to do. And and you're still not going to wind up as happy and blissful as as they're selling.
0: Um, Yeah, exactly. You know, there is no, there is no secret formula to happiness. There is no pill that is going to make you not experience the vicissitudes and challenges of life. You know, there is no product that's going to make your life feel like it has meaning. You'll buy a thing and you'll move on to the next thing and constant want. And if you get a sports car, then you'll want a faster sports car. And if you get a faster sports car, then you want a more expensive sports car. You know, it's constant need and desire to buy to buy more and to be more and to do more and all this. And that's just that's human. It's 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 there's positive things about that, but it has to be tempered and it has to be realistically grounded in the resources that we have. And we've got to you know, we've got to do things in a different way. You know, we're using a lot of the ideas that we have. Uh, economically speaking, socially speaking, politically speaking, you know, come from the late 1700s. They're based in, you know, Greek and Roman ideals, certainly. But, you know, it's 2020, and there's 8 billion people on this planet or more, you know, and and that's pretty alarming in some ways. I, I don't, it might be fine. You know, we don't really know the the sort of finite resource capability of the earth. But we do know that we're pushing the earth beyond its comfort levels. We can see that. And we do know that if we're living the way that we're, you know, that we're trying to live right now, it's, you know, and every single person on the planet lives that way. It's not, it's not going to work. This is a fact, you know, this is an absolute fact. So then you say to yourself, well, you know, how do we, you know, how do we change things? How do we change things? And again, you go back to, you know, you can go back to the ancient wisdom and look, self-reliance was a big thing in the ancient wisdom. Self-reliance. You know, the idea of being responsible for your own sort of uh living in a way. And you know, one of these things that we can we can start to do, especially when we have time on our hands right now, is start developing what what, what I've heard called like a like a home economy in a sense. And what you're doing is, you know, you're trying to create like sort of multiple streams of, 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 of income and resource, you know, renewal and so on. I'll give you an example. So, you know, maybe you start a garden and, you know, you're really good at growing tomatoes. So, you know, you start canning those tomatoes or you start making your own spaghetti sauce and, you know, canning that or jarring that or whatever. And then you, you know, you start trading that with your neighbor who has something you need. Or maybe, you know, you need your lawnmower fixed and the guy down the street, you know, will fix your lawnmower for, you know, half a case of your beautiful tomato sauce or something. I don't don't know. That's one thing. And you say, well, you know, I'm also really good with, you know, making stuff. I'm I'm good at making clothing. And and then suddenly, you know, you start making your own clothes for your kids and people around the neighborhood see wow, your kids' clothes are really cool and unique. I like these. You know, could you make my son something? yeah i can do that i mean what you know and then maybe figure out a way to trade something or maybe they pay you some actual you know money for that um you know so you know and then it, it goes on and on then you might develop a co-op and there's more you know sort of uh, cooperative stuff in the neighborhood again it comes down to the way people used to do things in a lot of ways that we used to be more responsible like that more resourceful more creative about how to get things done now our answer is well i just need to make more money and then i can and i can go to the walmart or even worse it's like well i'll just get a credit card i don't have the money to pay it off but who cares i'll just go bankrupt in a few years and you know who gives a shit and that's the way we're living these boom bust cycles of buying and consumerism and so on. it's not sustainable in any sense of the word You know, it's not self-reliant. It's not in alignment with the way the earth or the natural order of things works in the universe. It's wasteful, it's destructive, and it doesn't make any sense. And that's why it doesn't work. And that's why it makes us feel bad because it's not in alignment with the natural order of things. The natural order of things is look at the way the earth works as an example, just study, go to a forest one day and sit down and look and you will see how things are supposed to work. Things drop out of trees And those turn into mulch and that mulch feeds the ground. And then the worms underneath, you know, chew up, uh, chew up some of the the organic material and they poop and create like more biological material. Bacteria feeds off of it. You know, this, that. It's a constant reciprocal, you know, reciprocal situation. That's a closed loop system. We have to start living like that. We're acting like we're not in a closed loop system. We're acting like we can just make stuff and it goes somewhere else. And, you know, we can just create more money and everybody can be rich and we can all have our desires and needs met. It's never going to happen because human desire is unlimited unless it's tampered by wisdom and discipline. And you wouldn't want to have everything. If you look at these people that have everything, most of them are miserable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like what Oscar Wilde said. It's like,
1: you know, the only thing worse than not getting what you want is getting what you want yeah. and exactly. then and then being disappointed because we put so much on it. Well, if I only had this, then I will feel that or if I had this man yeah. or if I had this job or this car um, yeah. or that I'll show them or something, you know, it's look, if you're struggling Yes, money will fix. Oh, it's understandable. Most, yeah, most uh, lack of money problems will be satisfied and cured by an influx of some money. money to a certain exactly. point. Beyond which, point. you know, no. Once your basic needs and and some personal and family security uh, are uh, really taken care of, and you have those at your disposal, much beyond that. It's going to come from somewhere else. It has to come from the way you live, the way you look at things, what you value, yeah. how you express um, these yeah. values. And you're right about being in touch with the universe. I think, you know, more than 100 or 200 years ago, uh, going way back, we were all, even in cities, we were all more in tune with at least natural forces uh, before electric yeah. lights. At least, you know, there was candles. But, geez, you know, you, you really sun up to sundown was kind of your day. Uh, now that's not the case. Uh, Mm -hmm. if it was cold, well, then you'd be cold. Now you just build a house with, you know, insulation and an air conditioner and a heat pump and and you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, And we can violate some of these things. And that's fine that we're not a victim and we're not so battered down by the environment. Earth is a difficult place to
0: live. Yeah, it is. It's a challenge. And human beings are, you know, we're not, we're ill prepared to live here without some of
1: our technology and smarts and resources and community Uh, but you go so far off script and you turn away from the natural ways even you could have giant glass and steel cities and high-speed transportation and tech devices and everything and still be in tune with natural forces natural law and the way the earth works you of course you're going to be taking some resources and there's going to be some waste um, but those could all be manageable if everything else is done uh, or it's the large sense things are being done in a more sustainable way. And that goes down to the individual. And that's how we can
0: make some so of these changes. That's part of it. But that's you know that. And that's that's true is, as we transition. But if we stick to that mind of just being less bad, mm-hmm. we're still missing the point. Because if you, if you look at it, it's like the system itself, the earth itself is a perfectly ordered closed loop system, as I'm talking about, you know, it has its everything gets recycled into something else and everything is perfectly in balance with everything else. And if it gets out of order, it fixes itself you know, automatically through some sort of change or, you know, a certain new predator moves in to call the herds or something will happen to fix the natural order of things. You know, we have gotten so out of balance with that, and we don't even think that way. Like, the, so what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, you have to shift the paradigm and think, okay, look, whatever I create needs to go back 100% harmlessly into the environment in some fashion or another or be reused in an industrial flow completely 100% without damage to the earth. If you had that as a paradigm, You would engineer and manufacture things much differently than saying, well, I don't know. We'll just throw some stuff together and try and, you know, have it manufactured in China and sell it cheaply as possible. And it's going to end up in a landfill anyway. So who gives a shit? That's a different paradigm. See what I'm saying? The one paradigm has a a, a closed loop mentality. Like it's, you know, whatever I manufacture, I know it's going to end up coming back to the manufacturer to be reused again, or I don't make it, you know? Um, and, I, and I, or if it's like a product that you're going to throw away, the the product is completely harmless. In fact, it might even have some regenerative properties in it. Like they've got you know packaging now that has like seeds in it, or packaging that you know is made of a biological nutrient uh, setup. Where if you throw it on the ground, it biodegrades back into the environment, and actually adds nutrients to the soil. Things like that. It, that's designed and plant. That's good engineering. That's human ingenuity at its finest. But you have to have that paradigm first, that shift of mentality. But our lives are like that. If we don't design our lives based on those types of sustainable ideas, and I speak that in the most broadest sense, not just ecologically, but just sustainable ideas like my lifestyle. How do I sustain my spirituality? How do I sustain my family life? How, does, you know, how do these different things come together? Um, you know, and they're all intertwined in a lot of ways. And they involve that sort of wisdom, though. So you've got to do some some sort of deep thinking on it. And I don't think a lot of us want to do that because it's hard. But, you know, I encourage everyone who's listening to to start really taking a hard look at life and investigate some ideas to move forward in an alternative way and in a constructive way, but informed by the things that have worked in the past, like the ancient wisdom, like our democratic ideals, like our you know, cooperative, uh, I, I, you know, structures and stuff that we formed, and things like that, you know, so, so that's, that's something that, you know, what's, what's exciting about living right now, even though it doesn't seem like it is that we're in times of uncertainty, and in times of uncertainty, leaders can arise and people like you, people like us, you know, can, can make our voices heard and do things in a different way and then show people how we're doing those things and be a good example in our own family, in our own neighborhood, in our own, you know, church, in our own, you know, state, whatever it is and kind of, you know, relocalize the power structure to back to ourselves, starting with our own self as a leader of our own life and stop looking outside of ourselves for someone to fix us. You know what I mean? And once you start there, then start, you know, working on the other stuff, you know, from that foundation of I'm I'm working on my house. I'm getting my house in order. I'm making my bed and, you know, doing some doing some vacuuming around here and stuff. And now I'm going to help other people do that, too. You know. So, well,
1: that has to be a, a real return to to the self. Each yeah. one of us as individuals, we have to, how, do, how are we governing ourselves? What are we manufacturing in our thoughts and action? What are we throwing mm-hmm. away? How are we sustaining our lifestyles uh, consciously, just with ideas? Yeah. Like you're talking about, you know, if you're going <clears> to <throat> manufacture products that are, are easy to, to cycle back into the, uh, you know, the, the, the commodity <laughs> or the you know, resource. Yeah. Um, chain Um, but that thought has to go in first
0: yeah you think
1: of these things with that in mind and with that in mind you'll make choices and engineering decisions and design choices that um, that will support that but it really has to come from from there so this is really a it grows out of that doesn't it it's a if you want to call it a battle it's a battle battle of the mind and and consciousness this is where the battlefield is It's where the really where the problem is and it's where the solution is but we can't look to these leaders uh, and we know who they are who have been around for a long time um, and they've been talking about this and talking about this for decades Um, they're not going to be the ones that are going to pull us out Um, if someone's been head of a department or a you know a, a research center that studies infectious diseases or something or somebody's been you know, at the forefront of this. And after 30 years, they're still not really making progress or it's still confusing. Uh, you know, maybe it's time for, for new leadership, but we have to look at ourselves and what we value. And I think just, it's like, almost think of it like a relationship. And that's kind of, this will be my concluding thought, you know, uh, like a, a leader or leadership, whether it's government or corporation or nonprofits or, or, activism or any place where you would look for, uh, for leaders and their leadership, uh, it's almost like looking at a relationship. You know, if you keep looking for somebody else to fall in love with, that's going to now complete me and I'll feel good about myself if I just find the right partner who will say the right things and do the right things and be the right kind of person that I want them to be, you know, then everything's going to be great. Uh, we, on a general sense, probably know that doesn't work. It's a wishful thought. Um, but what does work is to be, be that for yourself. If you want somebody to be in a relationship who, you know, respects you more than the last person, well then, then be self-respecting, respect your soul and your dreams and your, uh, ideals and the things that you value.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: And respect your own voice, uh, and respect others too. Uh, and then you're just naturally going to find and gravitate. And those people will find you uh, that are in line that be the change you want to make. I know it's a it's a you know, much used phrase, uh, but really be it regardless yeah. of what anybody else is doing. And while you're being that, you're going to naturally you know, weed out the things you don't like and attract the things you do. And you will find that relationship and you will help create uh, those leaders uh, by leading yourself
0: yeah exactly that's a great way to look at it you know in the other way it's like if you feel powerless to change society quote unquote or to change the you know the political structure or the consumerist oriented society whatever it is if you don't like that stuff and you want to you know you want it to be different create your own situation in your own world that You know, and and participate in that as least as as you can. Like, in other words, like we're always going to need, you know, like we're you know transportation, public transportation. We're going to need to move around and move things around and stuff. But localize things. You know, take more responsibility and be more self reliant. You know, ride your bike around so you don't have to, you know, use so much gas, for instance, if you can. Or you know, buy food from from uh, from farmers markets, from local people that you know. Start, you know, putting that into your own thing. Create your own, you know, intentional community. If you have, if you got a bunch of people who have the same ideas, you got ten friends and you guys all have the same ideas about what you, what you want to do and how you want to live. You know, do an experiment. Start start a more co-op oriented sort of living structure. You know. And you can do that in the city and still kind of participate in life and be part of the system to some degree. But you can almost, you know, completely live it on your own terms because you're you're living in a different way. You don't you're not you know, you're not forced to go to a nine to five job. You're not burdened by a bunch of debt. You're living the way you want and you're, you know, following your own spiritual path and so on. But you're still a participant and a citizen, you know, of the greater world around you but you can do it on your own terms if you're more self-reliant. And really that's what, you know, I think the, the founding fathers and, you know, early, you know, early, uh, you know, American people that, that came here that were settlers and stuff were more self-reliant, you know, and again, I, you know, it's not, you know, we can't look, overlook the fact that, you know, this land belongs to someone else and all that. But, but the point is, is that, you know, those people were, were trying to, you know, be, um, be reliant on themselves their families and you know how they have multiple things going on you know something like a blacksmith and they're you know a politician on the side every once in a while and they're you know maybe the 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 clerk or something in government and then they're also you know a farmer and you know and they've got a little side thing with you know and I, again you know society has obviously changed but we can take back a lot of that stuff and make a lot of the things that we use and use a lot less and simplify our lives a great deal and it's a lot of fun to do that you know try to buy things that are that are used uh, slightly used um you know uh you know thrift stores and things like this a lot of great stuff like that we don't need to make so much new stuff you know and crap up the world with more stuff there's plenty of stuff floating around You know, like I said, I mean, most of us have a, you know, storage unit filled with stuff we don't even use. So if we can kind of simplify things, take back our self-reliance again, get our discipline back, stop looking for someone to fix the problem and fix our own lives. And then hopefully if enough of us do that, it creates a sea change that forces change, you know, not in a, not in a destructive way, but just by by a sort of zeitgeist kind of, you know, this is the times, this is the new consciousness, and everybody else gets dragged along with it. You know, when enough people change, the people that don't want to change will just change, even if they don't want to. And it just, it happens. It's that idea of the hundredth monkey. You know, there's there's something that occurs in the in the consciousness and the resonance between people that after a certain point of a tipping point, Everybody will just get on board with it, but it has to start and it starts with us. And especially if it's something different, it's like, okay, we want to move away from oil. We want to move away from being so consumer oriented. We want to move away from these, these structures of politics that are, you know, oppressive or whatever. These, these are, you know, those are things that are, that are good, but how am I doing that in my own life? And how am I getting involved to do that stuff um, and being that change that I want to be? That's what we really need to look at. So, and that's where that ancient wisdom comes. So I I want to make one recommendation um, just as, as I like to do Uh, lectures on ancient philosophy, Manly Hall. It's a very dense, very challenging book. However, it is filled with, with information that is, is super helpful. And it's one of those things where you can kind of meditate on the different ideas as you go throughout. And you're going to see a lot of the ancient wisdom laid out really clearly um, you know, how to act and how to move forward with, with, um, you know, with these things informing our lives. So, all right. I think you said, said that was your last thing. So I guess I'll wrap it up on that unless you have any more to, to add.
1: Well, there's much yeah. more, maybe we can continue this, can continue uh, this for next time and get right. a little more specific like and, uh, find more ways. And, and if anybody who is listening, uh, wants to engage in the conversation, we can, Uh, certainly mention
0: your comments and respond to them uh, in the next podcast. Absolutely. And they can, uh, you can go through the anchor app uh, or you can go through anchor.fm slash cosmic eye. You can, you can, uh, you can email us, or you can, you can actually leave a phone phone message through the anchor uh, through the anchor app as well, which is a really cool way to do it. So, all right. Thank you again uh, for for joining us. Thank you, Chris, uh, for your great comments and we will continue on this subject. We're going to talk more about ancient philosophy, leadership, personal responsibility uncertainty and so on as we move forward we're going to try to move through these times with some ideas and some leadership you know that we can help inspire in you so that you can help inspire other people and help you know change your own you know change your own life and situation as well so thank you for joining us on the cosmic eye show um as i said you can you can reach us at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye or you can go to cosmic we're available there as well uh, of course, Chris is the author of The Spirit and the Sky, and I have the book, If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate, and we recommend both of those books, especially right now during uncertain times. You know, we have some some good advice for you guys in both of those books to deal with uh, challenging situations. Uh, so thank you again for joining us. Hope everyone is doing well. We're praying for you, and, you know, we're we're going to get through all this stuff. It's challenging. It's difficult, but out of uncertainty, you know, changes, positive changes will come. Uh, You know, keep keep praying, keep moving forward. Thanks. uh, Thanks again for joining us. Have a great week. Goodbye and God bless.